Gentlemen, to the 10th episode of The Valorant Show. I'm your host, Taylor Reflections Noble, joined by Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud, and it feels so good to already be in double digits. 10th episode in, it feels so good. Troy, how you feeling? Man, 10 episodes. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, here's to 10 and maybe many, 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 many more. However many, they, so. they, however many people want to listen and hear, Taylor, we'll be here bringing in Valorant. Uh, it's been a great week, man. Updates. Spent a lot of Valorant money. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm broke, <laughs> Taylor. I'm broke. Uh, and we're going to talk that right? about that. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, <laughs> I heard about that, Troy, by the way. Yeah. I want to say I'm disciplined with the wallet. Not necessarily. I did spend $1,400 on a new camera setup for the show that I did this weekend. But uh, I didn't spend it on new skins. So yeah. I think that's uh, that's kind of a win, but also a loss because those skins are nice. We'll talk about that later. Right, Riot really likes me right now. I'm trying to support Riot <laughs> as much as I can. I'm, I'm here for you, everybody at Riot, trying to you know donate to your... Uh, to your salary each and every time I play Valorant right now. So, You're but no, it's a great week, man. Big update, lots of stuff. You were hosting a, a Valorant tournament that was just shocking from many different areas this week, from the results to, you know, just how crazy it was to see teams like TSM fall off early in, in, in the uh, in the tournament. But yeah, man, it's been a great week. Lots of things happening. Dude, I'm, I'm so happy to be here and jump right into it with you. Absolutely, man. I can't wait to get it started. And what a way to get it started than giving some love back to the community. Let's go ahead and move into our first section, Ask the Agents. Ah, so much learned this day. A victory on many fronts. All right, man. So this week we got by Media by Hunter coming in. Great show. What agent comps do you think will be used in competitive play? Ooh. Uh, we've Got talked about this uh, quite a bit, right, over the past yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, the things we've, we've we've seen change. Me and you actually talked a little bit about this last night after your second night of hosting uh, the Pulse Invitational of, like, who we're seeing and who we're not seeing. Uh, and it's been really, really crazy. But, like, this weekend, one thing that we both noticed is, like, there is there's absolutely at this point at least from from every everything that I saw, too. And le- unless this changed somehow and I, and I missed it. But... There, there hasn't been we, – we saw a lot less, should I say, a lot less play this week um, yep. from different agents that we had seen in the past. And, f- like, for instance, our, our girl uh, Viper. Like, Viper, she, yep. she, no, she didn't get no love this weekend. Not, not used once. Not used once. Breach used once, and uh, that was by Shazam from the Sentinels, and it was only on one map. Uh, it was on Ascent. Granted, they didn't win that map. They brought justice to my main man, Breach. Didn't but- he play it? But did he also play him on uh, on today? Didn't he, did. didn't he Shazam also Ascent. play them on uh, Ascent, right, as well? Yeah, just Ascent. Yeah, it was only on Ascent. That was the only time that he would bring him out. And he was the only player to, uh, or, you know, only pro player to bring him out this entire weekend, whether it was from, we watched so many different uh, matches. So, you know, with that being said, you know, Hunter, that's a great question. And I'm going to love to get, you know, kind of dive more into that. So our, you know, when we get to the Pulse Invitational breakdown of what happened this weekend, I really want you to listen to that because that's going to answer all your question when it comes to agent comps. I have so much to bring to the table with that. Of course, coming back this weekend is Ray. He did leave a comment, uh, uh, a little bit ago, I think a couple episodes, if I'm not mistaken, but now he's back and hey, we love him for it. Best Valorant podcast. After episode nine, I learned much more about Cypher. Hey, good job, man. Cypher, 100% usage rate, pretty much. I think there's only one time we didn't see him in the Pulse Invitational. He goes on to say, on split, I will put my cam on A, then lock down mid and B with my trip wires and cyber cages. Good strategy. The strategy my team uses is two on A and two on B and one mid. But now it's three mid and two B. We gain mid control, then it's very easy to rotate where I shoot them with my dart on A. My team can then rotate on and uh, go through one of the flanks for sewers and the rest go to ropes. Very descriptive. And I love that about him, right? He knows what he's doing. He's got it in his mind. Photographic memory, if you will. And he's done it so much now, it's starting to become... Uh, just second nature to him. He also goes on to say on offense, I set up trips for flanks and cover sewers. I cyber cage my team in, then sage walls and we get a quick plant. Love you guys and thank you much or thank you so much for teaching me about Cypher. My win rate is much higher now. Don't you love that, Troy? 
I, I love, love that? I love when other people's win rates can go up when I'm still waiting for mine to go up. I mean, I'm helping. Oh, you're gold people. now. We're helping people. No, dude, I dropped <laughs> down this week. Anyways, oh, that's no. another discussion for another time. <laughs> but yeah, I've been solo queuing competitive, and it is it's a tough it is a tough world. Uh, yeah, I know you were doing it before me, and I'm doing that. But I'm with you, Ray. Um, tons of great things. Uh, you know, whenever you guys challenge us to kind of tell you something about a. Uh, uh, about an agent or about the game, um, you know, we go and learn a lot too. So you're not the only one that learned during all that. We've also learned a lot about Cypher as well, going through this from each other and, yeah. and uh, from you guys. Yeah, uh, Cypher's fantastic. Cypher is is amazing. And, you know, I'm really happy. One thing that in there that he kind of broke down was the fact that he's hitting uh, his darts, right? His tracker darts yep. onto the different players. So important to do that and make sure that, you know, honestly, it's even worth practice and maybe even on bots doing so because it's so important that you hit those darts. You get so much value out of Cypher. So keep grinding, my guy, Ray. Thank you so much once again for coming through. And this next one, this last one was a special one, Troy. And I ended up sending you a, uh, actually took a screenshot, if you will, and sent it to you on Discord. This comes from Timothy Wangothi. And uh, he ended up following me on Twitter, sending me a DM. And he says, hey, Taylor, I just started listening to the Valorant Show podcast, and I just wanted to let you know that I'm a huge fan. I work as a parts driver, so tuning in while on the job makes the day go by a lot smoother. Love the show as you and Troy gave me another way to stay updated with all the changes happening to the game. Looking forward to more episodes and more episodes you will get, Timothy. Thank you so much for incorporating us in your workday. We've heard that so many times. Everybody loves to listen to us during their workday. We appreciate that, and we love that we can make you better at Valorant, educate you, but also help you get through your workday. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned earlier, you know, I've, I've, I've been around the podcast world for a while, and one of the things that I, I told you, I think, when we started the show is like, uh, you know, I want people to be in their car and, and either be like, yes, yeah, like having this own conversation with them, right, with themselves and like feeling like they're part of the conversation because really the community, the reason why we do this at the beginning of every show is because you guys are the heart of what we do and where the conversation drives. And we want you guys to feel a part of that. Uh, and so talking about the topics that you guys bring up and ask us to talk about uh, is what we love. And so keep sending in these uh, these reviews. Keep telling us what you like and what you don't like about the show. And we'll keep changing it and hopefully continue to bring you guys the best Valorant show in the community. So let's go ahead and move on to our next session. Run it back. Give me the news. Yeah, let's bring it back. All right, Taylor, here we are. Run it back. Oh, yeah. Official oh, yeah. patch notes, 1.03. Some crazy things happening this week. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and kick us off here with a little bit of the changes that are coming to the Guardian. Yeah, so Guardian is going to see a price reduction from 2700 to 2500 The justification for this is the fact that the Guardian typically was, well, as you guys know, with the Phantom and Vandal, which is much preferred AR, it was only 200 uh, credits cheaper, right? That's not justifiable for someone to choose a Guardian over a Phantom or, Fandom, or, a, a Phantom or Vandal. It just didn't make sense. So they lowered it from 2700 to 2500 now 400 cheaper than the Phantom and Vandal. Uh, they they also reduced the rate of fire from 6.5 to 4.75. So now you have a slower rate of fire, but you get more penetration power, which went from medium to heavy. So now you'll be able to wall bang, specifically think on, uh, well, mixed with Sova on Ascent. Um, the big thing about this change, I thought it was going to be huge, but apparently it's really not. Still, the pros, I saw it very rarely in the Pulse Invitational, nobody really choosing to use that weapon. And I'd still think it's because the price is far too high. You would rather spend the extra 400 credits either on abilities, which could be more useful than a Guardian itself. Just go with the Spectre and Ares, or just go ahead and save up and wait until you get a, a Phantom or Vandal. So I think the Guardian now is in a much better spot, but still not in a spot where it's justifiable to buy in place of a uh, Spectre, an Ares, Vandal, or Phantom. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this too, is have I, today I've played a ton of games. I think I've literally played like, I don't know, total of like 10 or 15 games today. It's been nuts while I was watching the Invitational. But I kept, I started thinking about this and it's like, why am I not buying the Guardian more? Like, I remember I really liked the Guardian in the beta um, yeah. but it just feels like as I get more comfortable with the Vandal and the Phantom, there's really, it, it, it puts the Guardian in this really weird position where almost it's a, it's a detriment if you have the Guardian because of the right, the rate of fire. Right. And it sure. doesn't really line up with the other ARs. 
Um, I, I, I don't know if it's enough, Taylor. That's my question. Do you, do you expect we're going to see, like you said, this weekend we didn't see it, although the meta has been changing from week to week, and sometimes it takes it a little time for an update to set in with the, with the pro scene for it to really trickle its way down. Um, but do you think uh, that this is enough, or are we going to see some other change come here? Is it maybe a rework of the gun, maybe a, a change of gun? Like, what do you think is going to end up happening? Yeah, I, I think the Guardian right now still isn't in a spot, like I said, to be justified using. I do lo- I do notice it in lower MMRs, but when it comes to the tip of the spear players, they're not choosing to use it. Reducing the rate of fire, I think, is the biggest thing. You know, if the rate of fire stayed the same, it would make sense almost to choose it, right? Because then you would have that high accuracy at, at top tier levels. You already know they're going to be snapping on heads, right? Have that one tap head uh, shot kill. But I still don't think this is enough to justify the Guardian being used. So with that being said, it's in a better spot, but not a spot to where we are going to see it change. The meta, Phantoms, Vandals are still going to be around. Yeah, I mean, that that rate of fire was huge. I think, you know, people typically pay most attention to the price, right? Just like we do in normal life. The price mm-hmm. is the big point. But really, <laughs> lowering that fire rate just really puts the gun in a position where it is not... It just doesn't feel the same, right? It doesn't feel good. Sure, it, it, it doesn't. It, it just, and, that's why, and I think that's what the community is showing, you know, by, by kind of, uh, you know, not seeing it, seeing it used very much. Not even my teammates that I see. Uh, however, we did have some other changes coming in. Updates to some maps. Haven, they're in the spot where the spike was unable to be retrieved. Uh, and, you know, basically they're, st- they're continuing to look around for those, those Sova yeah. sensor arrow fixes, you know, where they can see through walls. They're, they're changing those, updating those on all the maps. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm glad that they're still that touching Raina. them. Yeah, that Reina spot. If you remember, we, we kind of addressed that they fixed within 24 hours. So they just wanted to address that uh, absolutely in the patch notes. Like you said, continue to develop. The the Sova arrows still, uh, you know, the, the tracking arrows, right, need to still be reworked. Um, I know the big thing is if you are in line of sight of that dart, you should be seen. But there were a couple of rare times during the tournaments throughout the week in the Pulse Invitational where the Sova Arrow did not pick up someone in the line of sight. So I think it's going to need a little bit more tweaking, but I'm sure we'll see that with the quality of life. But you said, I didn't have a chance to play a lot since the new update, obviously prepping for this show. But one thing that really excited me was the addition of Twin Hunters, the new Orbit oh, yeah. Spike Rush. What do you think about it? Because you have more experience playing than I do, at least on this new update. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing the crap out of Spike Rush, too. Um, it's an easy thing to get in and out of, you know, with my kids at the house. So shout out to any of you other parents out there that are still playing video games like myself. Uh, and don't get much time. Spike Rush is fun to get in and start getting warmed up, especially as I'm waiting for you, Taylor, to get off casting. So, you know, I can drag you into my horrible One MMR day. and we can <laughs> try to go go play some competitive. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, it's a lot of fun. I think the wolves are cool. Um, at first, I was like, can you shoot these things or can you not? So just for anybody out there that wants to know, yes, if a wolf is coming at you in uh, Spike Rush, you can shoot the wolf and it won't attack you. Obviously, you know, locate, yeah. you're giving up your location again by doing that instead of just taking the hit. Uh, but it really depends on how far you are from that Twin Hunter's Orb when it's picked, right? And how quick the the opponents can get to you. The The dogs are a lot faster, right? It sends out the two dogs, the closest enemies, no matter where they are on the map, it'll sure, go track sure. them down. I literally saw it on Split go from middle of Split all the way through sewers up in 2A, okay? That's like, awesome. That's how far it went. So <laughs> uh, it, it, they definitely will track down your opponents. They'll, they'll do some damage, you know, at 100, 100 damage. Uh, it's, it, it's ridiculous. They're kind of overpowered, yeah. but they don't fall every round. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. And, you know, these quality of life changes that they brought in as well uh, over with this update, um, you know, really kind of, you know, we're starting to see it buttoned up a little bit. Yeah, and you know what? Just to kind of round off the patch notes, because I think this is something incredibly important, is the fact that they did change the surrender mode. So mm-hmm. when you're playing unrated, typically you go in there not with a five stack, right? It's not like competitive. So they changed the requirements for unrated. If you are going to surrender, now you don't need 100% of the votes. You only need 80%. That is massive. And also, too, AFK players who are not spawning in are not counted as voting participants. And they also uh, lowered the surrender vote from starting at round five versus round eight where it used to be. Yeah, and, you know, you were saying round it up. I'm going to butt in real quick and tell you one more thing. We had to change a competitive, right? Yeah, this, that's huge. This whole plus two thing. 
That's huge. And I was like, oh, I was I was all for it, you know, lining it up with other games and and just you know the the competitive nature of it. But Taylor, I had two games go into this ridiculous, okay, back to back thing Got where experience. you have to vote for it. Okay, right. Last night I had a sixteen sixteen match go into a draw. Jeez. Okay. So and today I had a fourteen fourteen draw. Now I want to ask Both, you about that. That fourteen fourteen draw. Did you lose rank? I lost rank and I was thirty one and nineteen. Okay. I was number one. So I know you pointed that out and that confuses me because in the patch notes it specifically says if a match goes to a draw, you will not lose rank. You will not lose your rank. You will not go down in rank. You can only go up or stay neutral. So the fact that you lost rank despite a draw shows me that obviously something needs to be reworked. It might have been a bug, right? There might be another bug in the system. It is the very buggy like maybe right now. I was Maybe I was Silver 3 before that, right? And it just <laughs> updated and showed me. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was definitely frustrating. But the thing is, is and, and what I wanted to say about this Final 2 thing is, I, I, I think in a true competitive environment where the pros are playing on stage on a Sunday afternoon and, you're, and you have these teams that are sweating it out, sure. that is the best solution you could have. Yeah. However, for a person that is trying to rank up and get through these games and play these games online, like you're already talking a committed 45 minutes to an hour for most of these games, and now sure. you're committing another 10, 20. In my case last night, that game almost lasted an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Hey, okay? Look. Like, when, when it you queue, went when you on forever. When you queue in the rated, that's the risk you take at this point now, right? That's yeah. the risk you take. So if you, hey, and, and that's a good point, Troy, because, you know, I think a large portion of our audience, right, are casual players. And, you know, if they, they might have maybe 45 minutes and say, you know what, I want to queue up with my boys. I want to do a rated real quick. They might not understand, or maybe they do now, right, that you might not just be in there for 45 minutes. You could be in there for upwards of an hour and a half. That is a tremendous amount of time to tie yeah. up in your day. It was, it was not, although it was two o'clock in the morning, so it didn't really matter. That you had much, no but. reason to be up anyways at that point, Troy. I know you had work the next day too. You crazy yeah, animal. Yeah. So, you know, I was just, I was just trying to get in my, <laughs> try to get in my valley. But yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to hear from the community as well. Like, are you guys enjoying it that you do interact? How's it going? Are you getting these draws? Because I really want a win or a loss, right? I don't really want a draw. I want to know I won and I want to, yep. I want the opportunity to keep trying to win those matches if I can. So I get it. Um, you know, I think everybody was finally ready to go home by the sixteen sixteen last night. But yeah, it is definitely. It's de- I, I want to hear what everybody else thinks. I'm interested to see how this continues all because I, I don't think we've heard the last of how the community feels about this. Sure. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm on the other side of it. No, I, I think it's a great change. I love it. I think it was a natural natural progression of things, and I wish we could have used it during the Pulse Invitational. We didn't have a chance because there was another tournament taking place over in EU, and it was bugged, so we opted to not use it for the competitive integrity of the tournament. But uh, that pretty much wraps up uh, Patch Notes 1.03. Let us know what you think about that. But also, let's talk about one more thing in this Run It Back section. Elder Flame skins that came out. Troy, you dropped a bundle for this. Um, a bundle, yes, quite a bit of bundle. And <laughs> the, so, for everybody that's wondering, you know, the skit, the pack's basically a hundred bucks, right? So the the base sure. pack is a hundred dollars. I'm gonna give the breakdown here, okay? So the base pack is a hundred dollars. Get you get the weapons. However, to upgrade all five of those weapons fully is another $192. And that is because you have to buy the most you which you can, Rady Knight, in 80 packs, right? Uh, so you'd have to buy four of those to get it all the way up, would be 320 Radiant Knight. And then you need 310 to actually fully upgrade it. So you got 10 left over, whoop-de-doo, right? But, dude, all this together is $292. Troy, okay, we've said it I, once, we'll say it again. That's too much. That is too much. Granted, okay. now, I will say this. It's a beautiful skin set, though, Troy. I saw okay. it used all week, and I'm so jealous of it, and I continue to see it. If my friend has it, you better drop me your weapon and buy another one because I want that skin for free. But, Troy, it's too much. So, yeah, so we are doing that for those out you. Here's your save tip for the week. If you want to save your money, just go ahead and buy the gun, right, and then request it so that you can buy it for yourself from your neighbor and give them a copy, right? So, basically, you're just giving your, you your weapon to your neighbor. You can go ahead and Light do pro that. Tip. 
<laughs> yeah, a little pro tip if you have a friend like me that's dumb enough to buy the stuff and then he can give it out to everybody else. But like, here's the thing. Um, I get that it's money. I get that the company needs to make money and I get that like, obviously the, you know, microtransaction world league did it so well and, and kind of, you know, their fans have grown accustomed to it. And here we are in a new day and age where, you know, these microtransactions are, are the new popular thing and it's in every game and it's fine. And I don't get to, I don't have to play for the game. So if I really love the game, then I can invest in it by buying their collections and stuff like that. I get all that. I completely agree with it. I understand. Here's my number one complaint, Taylor. You give me an advertisement for a skin pack that shows a dragon breathing in this finishing move and all this stuff. And then you tell me I can buy said pack on the 10th. Mm. And I buy said pack. But what I bought, Taylor, was not what I was shown. Okay. What I bought was not this advertisement of this really cool gun. It was like, oh, hey, you bought this. But, and, and I'm saying this more so for players that maybe don't play as much as us or haven't are new to this game, didn't play the, the younger, beta for 100 the younger, hours, right? The younger group They don't too, understand look, that they yeah. have to like upgrade these weapon packs after they get them. So not only do you pay $100 to get it, now you, you basically have an incomplete item because you don't even get any of the cool stuff. Like, not even the motion, right? Not even, not even the, the sound of the, of the gun is the same until you start to upgrade it, right? Yeah. And so that's where my big problem with it comes in is like, hmm... Is it? Do they not put buy the whole pack for two hundred ninety two dollars because they know people can go buy an Xbox or a PlayStation for the same price? Sure. Like you know what? But you th- know that that's a great point, Troy. That's a great point because how many people have bought the pack thinking they were getting everything right? You know yeah. the the whole kit and caboodle, and they're not. So that uh that is something I never considered. I have becoming a or I have become accustomed to these prices. Obviously, as we've been playing, right, the game yeah. for four months, we're used to this from beta. It's not easy, nor is it, or nor is it cheap, right? To to have such a animated skin, the Elder Flame skin set on a hundred and twenty eight tick server with the detail that they have. No one knows where the triggers at. Want to point that out, by the way. If you guys know, please let us know in the comments section. But with that being said, you are right on that, and it's very misleading. But man. Does the Valorant team know how to sell a skin pack? They clearly can do it, and a uh, hundred. It is astounding how much it costs. It truly is. I, I wonder if, like, uh, how broke I'm going to be in the next couple months. Because if they keep coming out with skins like this, I can't turn down a dragon that breathes fire. Like, and, and, and this then, is you the know, first one. Just so, just so we're clear. Well, the Raven pack. Like, if that comes out, like, ugh. That pack's yeah. really awesome too, or the Reaper sure. Reaver, Reaper pack, whatever Reaver, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, but like, if you give me another animated skin, because what I'm really hoping for, right, as a fan of Valorant and of course buying gun skins, I guess I'm a gun skin collector now, is that like the next set has got to be the Phantom, right? The next big animated one has got to include the Phantom. This didn't; it only included the Vandal, right? One of the two main ARs. I get it. Sure. Um, but like that's going to be part of the catch, and I think that's going to be something that we continually see with these collections is you're never going to get a skin for both of the main ARs. They're always going to split it up. But like if they come out with like, you know, I don't know, heck, what do they ever, they, I didn't, couldn't even thought about a dragon skin. So whatever they do come up with next, yeah, right? What if it's like just amazing? And then I got to buy that one. And then I'm out another $300. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. They're going to continue to come out. It's just all about self-discipline. And Chad, I want you, or not Chad. I, sorry, I'm still in, I'm still in uh, host yeah, you, mode. You, you've okay? been hosting so long. I'm, I'm still in host mode. Three days. Uh, talking to chat randomly uh, when I run out <laughs> of things to say. By the way, that's my secret. I, I go to chat when I have no, nothing else to say. It's always a, a good go-to. Uh, that's your pro tip if you want to be a host or a caster. Um, with that being said though, you know, uh, agents, listeners, right? If, if you are listening, don't be pressured. I, this is the biggest thing. Don't be pressured to buy something. If you don't have the funds and you don't feel comfortable spending that much money, then don't do it, right? You're going to be okay. And you don't have to drop, you know, your full wallet to purchase some of these skins. If you can, and you want to do it, you know, enjoy your time and, and be happy with that purchase too. It is an amazing skin. And, and like I said, it's one of the first packs to come out that's so animated and so detailed oriented that I can't wait to see what the future does bring. Either way, though, I think this was a good uh, a good time to discuss patch notes, Elder Flame skin, and you know what? I think it's an even better time to move to our main topics. Pay attention. I learned something. Think you can keep up? Who am I kidding? 
You know you can't keep up. All right, so Pulse Invitational was this week, and we've been talking about it. What an amazing event. Uh, it ran from Friday to uh, today. Actually, it just finished. I'm not going to lie. A couple hours ago. All right, enough of the chit-chat, Taylor. In the, in, look, what? TSM lost, man. TSM All right, lost, you know what? Taylor. I know. Look, TS, that was the biggest storyline. First and foremost, let, let me set the storyline for you. Okay, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just no, emotional you're, you're fine. here. Look, I'm emotional. I'm ready to look, talk about this. That's the biggest loss. That's the biggest loss. Pulse Invitational in support of United Way of New York City, helping those families that have been affected by COVID-19. Love what they're doing. You guys can donate if you so decide. United Way of New uh, NYC. Go check them out. But with that being said, this tournament was formatted over three days. It started off with group stages. There was four individual groups with four teams in each group. Only the top two moved forward into the playoff bracket, which was then a best of three single elimination bracket. And uh, let's get into the meat potatoes. Like Troy said, TSM loses off the rip round one after group stages. First day of playoff bracket to cloud nine, two to one, a huge loss and a huge upset to start off that event. Yeah, I mean, so the big thing here for everybody that doesn't know is that Cloud9 has been in and out of a roster basically since the game launched, right? Yeah. Like if you're a Fortnite player, you've probably heard the name Poach before, right? Like he's played yep. with them a little bit. Um, They've had people in and out, and so going into this event, no one really knew how they're going to look. At T1, they they didn't look that great at all, right, at the T1 tournament. Um. You know, they, they definitely have some, some you know, players on their team that have been around for a while in the scene, you know, in the CSGO scene. But, like, for them to step in here and take out Wardell and TSM, yeah, like, early on, it was shocking for all the team, for, for, for all the viewers, all the fans. Uh, and I know for you guys as well as host, right? I mean, it kind of took you guys by surprise. It did, but that's what makes Valorant so exciting at this point in time, right? It's only been out four months, and it's so easy for us to forget the short time span, given the, the amount of tournaments that have taken place all over the world, uh, whether they be from 100 Thieves, you know, from the Ignition series um, being, you know, hosted by Riot themselves, uh, you know, in conjunction with other great organizations. It's, it is pretty crazy, and, and I love that you brought up the fact that, yeah, Cloud9 has been trying to solidify their roster for some time, Poach being one of the biggest pickups there, but Tens and Relics are the core two and uh they wanted to try out mitch vice and shinobi for this event and what an event that uh mitch Rel or mitch vice and shinobi had they played incredibly well and in fact they ended up making it two grand finals which was uh pretty massive because they had to get through the likes such as tsm together we are terrific together we are terrific another team that uh, is unsigned i hope they get signed soon they had a absolutely fantastic weekend for themselves they're uh, a great group of guys that i hope does make it and finds an organ starts getting that funding but grand finals ended up being gen g versus cloud nine and going into it it was very easy to obviously view cloud nine as the favorite we figured cloud nine would take the event gen g an incredible group of young individuals who are incredibly talented uh, and obviously made a huge mainstay, especially during the beta, right? Winning one of the most notable tournaments during that time. But Gen G ends up coming through and uh, winning the first map, which was impressive on its own. And that was, of course, on uh, that was on uh, buying. They ended up winning that 13-7. But then they pushed into Ascent. And Ascent is one of Gen G's statistically. I know this has become a meme at this point in time, but statistically one of their worst maps. But Gen G ended up beating Cloud9 of heavy favorite, who had an 85% win rate going into Ascent, and took that map 13 to 7. They were on a different level. Gen G, congratulations. And not only that, they beat Cloud9, they beat Sentinels, they beat Charlotte Phoenix, and they also went 3 and 0 in their group, beating Cloud9 up again, Triumph and Oxygen Supremacy. They were undefeated the entire week in Troy. Yeah, I think I think what was so incredible really is kind of if you if you step back in that semifinal when you had Gen G versus Sentinels, um, you know, I think even the casters were counting on Sentinels. I mean, if you looked at chat, the chat was blown up with Sentinel fans. I mean, it was, there was a strong showing there. Um, you know, Sinatra obviously, you know, one of the biggest names in esports right now, uh, one of the biggest names out of Overwatch and now inside of the Valorant scene. And just taking people by surprise with some of his plays. Uh, but I, what I thought was so interesting was when they when they played Sentinels, you know, it was the first map, uh, you know, 
I guess it could have gone either way. Genji came in and yeah. w- or winning that map. Second map was on ascent, like you said. Sentinels won that. You know, it, really, you know, uh, um, thirteen eight, uh, yeah, easily, 13-8. right? Pretty yeah. easily. Not a lot of problems there for them. Although I'm surprised Genji got eight rounds out of that one. But then you had them move on to that final map, and I really, really thought the Sentinels were going to step it up. And I don't know what it is. Um, it just seems like with when you watch them play. Half their teams on one wavelength and the other half's on the other wavelength. It's like they, 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 they can't quite decide how they're going to move together. And 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 I say that that way because I think the Sentinels are still very scary as a team. Oh, I think, without question. I, I think yeah. they're going to be absolutely incredible, and they're going to give TSM a run for their money very, very soon. Uh, but I, I, I just think that like there is there is some clicking, you know, that needs to happen amongst these teams. And I thought it was interesting. You had an interview over the weekend, uh, and I forget exactly who it was with, but that you had asked him yeah, about Shazam. coaching. Yeah, and uh, and if they were getting coaching is right now, obviously with the the way that you know um, the spectators working, coaching really isn't a good option because they don't really have a coaching ability to not not see the other team right and to be able to really uh, use the tools that Riot provides uh, to coach. So you know, hopefully, we'll get some upgrades to that soon too. But I thought that was interesting because I think teams like the Sentinels would benefit from having a, a, somebody that was there to try to coach them and mend that team together, kind of meld that team together so that they could kind of get over the humps that we saw them have this weekend. And it just didn't seem like they were clicking. It just didn't seem like – and that's right. why I say, like, Gen G did great. Like, they won the tournament. But I, I just feel like they won a tournament where TSM was knocked out. They didn't obviously come in prepared. Or you know, were caught on the back of their toe, back of their heels, right? And then you have, you know, and then you have them, you know, play Gen G. Who, yeah, they were great, but everything that looked like didn't look like Gen G from Beta the last couple of tournaments we had seen, right? Until this tournament. So, man, super interesting stuff. A, a ton, I think, a ton of shocking uh, results all the way around. Whether you yeah. you think Gen G should have taken it or not, I mean, I didn't think people came into this weekend thinking that TSM and Sentinels both would not be in the final. Yeah, you know, obviously that that was the case going into it. I think Gen G was still up there, but maybe not uh, more so than you know, such as the like of Sentinels and uh, you know, Cloud Nine. Honestly, wasn't even in the mix to to nah. be in Grand Finals. To be honest with you, which was interesting. I will say, you know, that Gen G Sentinels. I ended up uh, getting an interview with Ethies uh, along with Golden Boy and Bala at the very end. Ethies, a player for Gen G. Um, he ended up coming through and, and giving us a fantastic insight as to what took place. He did say. That's uh, semifinal round two. Genji versus Sentinels was the hardest. You you kind of broke it down uh, very well, given the fact that they did play on Bind, Ascent, and Haven. That last map, Haven, ended up being 13-10 with Genji taking it. And I do want to point out that at one point in time off that first half, that first half, um, when Genji was on defense, they were trailing behind at one point um, by eight rounds. They were losing by eight rounds going into the second half. And Genji, from that point forward, won... 10 out of the last 11 rounds to take the victory over Sentinels. I, I almost think that map is better to have the attackers second. It is. Three bomb sites. Like, like uh, and, and to me, like, that, I, I don't know. Like, it's so, you can see the five-man push on Haven over and over and over this weekend. Win, 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 win on offense. Right? Like, yeah. The attacker, it, it just seems because the map is so spread out, and there's so much, there's so much to get through. Uh, if you, you know, if you're swinging from A to C, right? It's just, uh, it, I think it's almost too tough. I, and I'm curious to see how do you change that kind of thing, though. Like, well, how, you, how do you, you know I, what? It, it's it's not necessarily about changing the map, Troy. Um, I think it's more so about you know just rede- or redeveloping yourself with the meta that's taking place. You know, I, I know. You saw how Tins was playing on that map, right? Being hugely aggressive with the jet, with a judge, right? That was hugely monumental, something great. Yeah. Another thing that's changed is double up on, on Haven has become increasingly popular, and it's tough to shut down. And that was something Jinji did so incredibly well, and Sentinels did not have a reaction for it. Um, at yeah, the end I of mean, the, Yeah. I was going to say, you, we, we mentioned it earlier uh, when we were talking, you know, Hunter that sent in the, the note about things that we saw during this yeah. weekend you talk about meta uh and we saw a ton of jet plays right we did and we did and 
you know, with Jet was uh, being able to move around the map and get get somewhere quickly, kind of take people off, uh, you know, kind of put them on the back of their hills and be able to quickly rotate around the map was key um, to some of those wins. And uh, I think it is interesting. It's like you said, I, I yeah, I don't think the map has to change, but what I am interested in is, like, for instance, we talk about this quite a bit amongst ourselves when we play, but giving up the site, right? And, and, and actually having rotations of how you give up a site. And that's one of the things that we that I think I noticed more most this weekend is not only is there technique to taking a site, but there's also technique of backing out of a site for a retake. True. Yeah, no, um, it's true. And and I, I I'm very interested in tournaments like this one this weekend that continue to move on and push the Valorant tournament forward. Uh, is these little things that nuances that we're going to recognize, and when we get to you know the the invitational, the big one towards the end of the season or year, however Ryan ends up doing it, uh, really what kind of play will we see? Like what are the what are those moments we're gonna see and, yep. and how technical does this game really get at its core? And I think that's what's so exciting still in the early ages. I mean we're ten episodes of this podcast, you know, we're in the still the first two months of life of of the game and what we continue to see and evolve and change uh from the meta to the play to man, every, I feel like I'm learning something every week, Taylor. Oh, yeah, same here. This tournament was absolutely eye-opening. Uh, I watched literally every single match that took place. And to give Hunter a little insight, obviously, he had that great question about what agents will we continue to see. You mentioned it perfectly, Jet saw her a ton and jet op is incredibly useful jet judge is incredibly useful to get a quick penetration jet op obviously to be able to get out of a line of sight as soon as you take a shot you also have of course of course her ult that uh, is fantastic in conjunction with the slow shooting of an op uh, we saw a ton of brimstone you'd be happy about that troy brimstone is absolutely monumental on just about every map because smokes are fantastic omen is wonderful on just about every single map. Obviously, Sage is thrown in the mix. I was incredibly surprised at a lot of Sageless comps, specifically on Ascent. And the reason why is because you prioritize rotations and you also prioritize smokes, right? With Brim mm -hmm. as yep. well as Omen and also line of sight uh, with, uh, or information, I should say, with Cypher and Sova. But for the most part, saw Breach once. Saw Breach only once, and that was Shazam who was using it um, onto the side of Sentinels yep. on Ascent. Only saw it once. We didn't see any Vipers whatsoever. Uh, those were the two agents that literally had no purpose in the meta whatsoever. And uh, one of the agents, I think, if you had to call her out, would be Sage. I think we saw Sage uh, almost less than any other agent in this tournament. So your primaries were Omen, Brim, uh, Sova. You had, of course, um, uh, Phoenix Cypher. that was used quite a bit. Yeah. Cypher was used a lot. So those were your uh, eight core agents that were used and pretty much every single map. So with that being said, it really surprised me, especially with those Sageless comps. There was just so much to learn from this event. Yeah, giving up that Sentinel and grabbing, you know, another duelist or another, uh, you know, engager, right? Like somebody else to engage um, in those and start those fights. It was really interesting, right? And like you said, a lot of people taking that that sage away and going with somebody like a phoenix, right? To have that extra flash to push. Um, and the five man push is so strong right now, and it's like you know I don't want to say like meta, but like that is what what's going on right now, right? Like you watch these teams, it is the quick five man push, whether it is a delayed push, whether it is you know however they're setting up for it, but that quick push is so hard to stop. And when you have, you know, whenever you put in somebody like Jet and Phoenix, where you have that quick mobility and that quick flash to get in and get out. And even with Phoenix, you know, with being able to have run it back, right. And, and have that extra life. Um, I, I, so I thought was so different of the early tournaments. We didn't see a lot of Phoenix. Now we're seeing them quite a bit and we're seeing that yeah. life that run it back used like an extra person, right. To give that information that they need. Um, so I, you know, what's going to happen next tournament? Who who's going to be missing next tournament? What what's it going to yeah. change to, Taylor? Like, we didn't see a lot of Reina. We saw a little bit of Reina this weekend. Not, yeah, a not ton, as much though. as I thought. Yeah. And and so you know, are are the the people that we first saw as is very you know prominent OP, and yeah. necessary no longer going to be prominent and necessary? And how often will that change? Oh, that's the beauty of it, right? That's the beauty of it. Two agents, what? Two agents every single uh, new update. Or not, I shouldn't say new update with patch notes, but with every new, uh, um, at least series or not, not chapter per se. Yeah, with every least, every new act, every new with act every new act, there you go. With every yeah. new act, there's going to be two new agents. So that I mean, that's that's a you know plethora of uh, new meta changes, right? 
So yeah, they've even we said that like the, six. Is that what we said last week? Yeah, it was like six, six, six a year, year, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've, it's even been rumored. This is I, I mean, tinfoil hat conspiracy, but I love it. Uh, is the fact that twin orbs, um, you know, the twin wolves, right, coming out from uh, the new spike rush, the new orb. Uh, maybe that is, uh, you know, the Valorant team test, if you will, for a new agent's ability moving forward. Ooh, right? See, that, that would be interesting, right? Piece if of they candy. start using Spike uh, yeah. for testing, testing. abilities and, and things. All right. All right. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Yep. So okay. I, I read that and I was like, ooh, you know, I, I I love that, man. I was like an evil, evil genius just laughing. I was like, okay, okay. I see what they're doing there. I'm on to them. I'm on to them. And also... Got to say, Troy, uh, we've been talking a lot about Team Deathmatch, but one thing we didn't talk about that was rumored that might be coming is free-for-all. Free-for-all mode, actually, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how you feel about this. Free-for-all mode excites me more than a Team Deathmatch mode. Uh, yeah, for sure. Because uh, I can rely I, I, on myself. I'm, yeah, I, look, I've said it before. Like, Spike, free-for-all, whatever modes they give me, I'm super happy. I, I I love Valorant. Obviously, that's why we're here. I'm guessing people that listen to the show love Valorant too, right? That's why they listen to the show. They want to talk and hear more about Valorant. But I'm just excited to get different modes. Um, you know, competitive for somebody like me, like at the end of the day, it's so sweaty. I get so intense that I need that extra time just to relax. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm upset at my teammates. I want that. Hey, let me just go do something. Uh, I'm really interested to see how this is going to work out. A free-for-all mode. Is it going to yeah. be just a bunch of jet players with judges sitting in there? Like, how is this going to work out? Yeah, Tens is, is going to end up just <laughs> influencing the complete free-for-all community with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm curious to see how it's actually going to work out. Um, and I'm happy that we're going to get something else to play with. Yeah, they say it's going to be on Ascent. At least that's where it's being uh, tested. This comes from the good men on Reddit. And they're coming through and looking at the uh, .u map files. And apparently they found free-for-all on Ascent, which means Ascent might see a tweak as well. Obviously, free-for-all team deathmatch spawns are incredibly important. You don't have those balanced. Well, the uh, the mode can turn messy very quickly. Overall, all good things. Uh, it really I got to ask you, weekend. Taylor, how yeah. how how a how much time do you think it takes this guy to go find these files? Like, oh man, I've never actually talked to a hacker that does this, that does like file well, searching. It's not hacking per se. It's yeah, not yeah, hacking it's, per se. I mean, it, it's just being incredibly in, in, intuitive. That's yeah. a big word. But, yeah, <laughs> but it, it's it's too much time if you ask me. I think, especially for our schedule. So we'll leave it to them. <laughs> yeah, props to these guys. I'm always Seriously, just super yeah. curious to people that go find this information in the files and stuff. I'm like, dude, number one, how do you have that much time? Number two, you're a genius. You're a genius. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you yeah. to all of us normal gamers out here that can't do that stuff or know how to do it. And you go ahead and, and break, break the news for us. We really do appreciate it. Pushing it, pushing us forward. But no, I just think it's interesting, man. It's always fun to get the leaks. Uh, I'm excited about this one. And uh, I'm excited about, you know, the, the future of Valor. It's always, it's always good to have a new update, have new, new things come to it. And that's what Valorant's all about. New things. Only four months in, guys. Remember that. Only four months in, and we are seeing so many tournaments and so many things take place. But uh, that about wraps up the main topics, at least for this week. But that means we still have a little bit more to give you. Let's move into our tips and tricks. Save or spend. Halftime. If you saved, spend it. Don't save a thing. Taylor, all right. save yeah. and spend. I brought it. This week is your week, sir. But mm. I see you have something on the sheet that I don't maybe I don't know about, or maybe a lot of people don't know about. It is what is barrel peaking? Yeah. It's all I wrote. I kept it suspenseful even for you, Troy. I didn't you even were put hiding it, in the notes. it from me. No explanation <laughs> in the notes, nothing. So I learned about this myself actually today, uh, thanks to the good commentary of, you know, Vansilli, Simo, Bach, uh, Bala. Golden Boy, Ryan Central as well. And uh, I forget which match it was during, but there was this thing called barrel peaking that I never thought about, but it's so simple in its nature. And once I tell you, you're going to think, wow, why didn't I think about that? Because that was my reaction. So barrel peaking is literally what it sounds like. All you do is if you think there's somebody around the corner, right? You would think, all right, let me put, expose my whole body to look at this player. You don't have to do that. 
all you have to do is just expose your barrel. Now, it doesn't work all the time, but in situations I think it might be useful in is if you think there's somebody there, just show your barrel. That's not a hitbox. You're not going to die by getting shot in your barrel. And if somebody gets too trigger happy, sees that barrel and starts shooting, all of a sudden they're out of position. You know where they're at and you can swing wide and take them out. Mm, I like it. I like it. And I did see it quite a few times. It's, yeah. it's Sinatra did it multiple times on Bind. I don't know if you remember this game, uh, but I believe it was when they were playing Gen G today. Uh, but like literally on Bind, he would peak mid a couple of times. And I just remember two two rounds in a row, he got multiple kills by peaking just his barrel. He'd peek yep. the barrel, back up for a second while they started shooting, and then jump out there. Exactly. And, then, and, and just mow them down. Uh, although, you know, I wish I could have Sinatra's aim. So not <laughs> guaranteeing anybody can mow you down. But... No, yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing this. It is uh, now. It makes sense. You're right. I know. What, yeah, I know what barrel peaking is. I feel smarter now, Taylor. Thank you. Me too. Me too. Trust me. I was like, man, I got, I got to utilize it. It's so smart because you know, like I said, it, it just puts your opponent out. Of, it doesn't work all the time, but at least there are certain situations where it will put your opponent out of position. If you come from a CS:GO background, I'm sure that was like, duh, yeah, barrel peaking. That's a real thing, right? Because it. it whether it be CSGO or Valorant, it's all about angles. It's all about, you know, exposing yourself less than your opponent, right? But with that being said, it's just something that I wanted to bring to the table for you guys because it's something so simple, but something maybe you haven't thought about. So try to utilize that in your next games, whether it be Spike Rush, uh, of course, rated or unrated. I think it could net you maybe a couple more eliminations and also keep you a bit safer. But Troy... I think that's about all the time we have for today, but let's go ahead and leave with our final thoughts. Let's move into Match Point. Match Point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. All right, Taylor. Well, you know, Match Point, that's the one thing the Sentinels didn't want to hear today, but hopefully you that are listening, you You're do terrible. want to hear this. <laughs> uh, this is our final thoughts. We get to take a moment and tell you what we're going to be working on this week, what we are trying to do to get better at Valorant. Uh, and Taylor, this week, uh, I'm actually, I'm actually really, really excited. I've been using, uh, I don't know if you've heard it split, uh, blitz.gg, um, mm -hmm. uh, but Wardell, obviously I watched quite a few of his streams, uh, and he, he always advertised in the, the blitz.gg slash Valorant, which is like a stats keeper upper thingamajiggy, uh, and also, uh, has tips and tricks and different things, but there are some cool things that they've done in there. They've, they've shown some different, uh, like areas to drop smokes safer brimstone or sure. mollies or you know and they do it for all the different agents however uh it just got me motivated to start learning molly spots and so today i spent a couple hours obviously while i was watching the pulse invitational uh brought to you by pulse in like new york by the way if you guys don't go to that oh, studio yeah, and you live in new york mm -hmm. you're crazy because that pulse studio or, or gaming pulse center gaming looks arena, amazing yeah, yeah it looks amazing. freaking amazing That's uh awesome. but uh, it, not to get off track here, uh, but yeah, they, I started seeing, I started uh, doing some of the Molly spots, learning these different Molly spots. Uh, I got a couple of them. I can't wait to show you, uh, whenever we, we, we do some planting okay. here soon on okay. some spikes, but yeah, I, I this week I'm going to take, because I've really seen how critical the Molly can be, uh, for Brimstone, both in offensive and defensive, right? And so I think those are critical to my play as I continue to want to be a better uh, Brimstone player, or better player in general, but especially better Brimstone player. Uh, yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to learn some more Molly Spot. I, I will say I'm very happy that you main Brim, given the fact that how valuable he has become. At the beginning, I was like, all right, he just provides smokes. You know, I didn't really, especially in the beta, right? We were still filling him out. Right. But he, I mean, he's he's utilized in almost every team comp. So Taylor, you're, you're more valuable than me. Yeah, I'm you're more valuable oh, than me with the breach main. Nobody oh, wow. uses record breach. Record this. I feel record, so left. Wait, it is recorded. Yeah, it is recorded. Yeah. Troy, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. No, that's awesome. Molly spots are incredible. If you're if you're a listener, uh, really listen to what Troy's saying, right? Brimstone uh, Molly spots are incredible for keeping people off of the spike, right? Giving you a little bit more time, clearing out areas, and also too, just to add on to what Troy said, placing a Molly inside of a smoke, whether uh, you know it be poison from a viper, whether it be uh, you know, obviously Brimstone's own smoke in conjunction with a molly or uh, even an omen smoke. In, uh, if you are able to place a molly in there, it stops, uh, you know, the opponent from moving forward for, first and foremost. But obviously will take some damage off the opponent if they decide to just sprint through. So molly spots, incredible. I love that you brought that to the table. For myself, I'm bringing in omen. I, You know, 
Omen was so important this weekend, and along with Cypher, but I'm going to be real with you guys. And Ray, I hope I don't disappoint you because I'm so happy that you you learned more with Cypher. And I'm not going to lie, I gave it my best shot. I really tried to sit there and learn Cypher, but I quickly learned, <laughs> Troy, I quickly learned. He has a totally different play style than Breach. Duh, right? You would be thinking. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I can't stand being patient and standing back. I really can't. So for me, I'm going to work with Omen more because I think Omen is more up my alley. He's a little bit more aggro, and he can take fights in a unique way. I think that I can incorporate kind of the same uh, mindset that with Omen that I do with Breach. So for me, I'm working on Omen more. I mean, let's be honest. I, we just got to let everybody in on our on our argument we continually have when we play the game, which is Taylor plays a character with offense abilities that allow you to hopefully get an edge on your opponent so you can clear a corner or kill somebody to move yep. in. <laughs> I play characters that typically support those type of characters, but Taylor likes to talk smack whenever I don't have a lot of kills. Oh, and it goes whatever. through this back and forth thing. You had of to add like, the jab. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, that's what we got to do. We, we jab at each other, that's right? Fine. Whenever we that's play. But, uh, <laughs> but this leads to the fact that like when he said he was going to learn Cypher, I was like, this is going to be an interesting thing to watch you learn Cypher. <laughs> uh, but, you know, maybe Taylor, maybe it would be good just like it, maybe for me to play a more aggressive character. It would be good for you to play a slower character at time to kind of change your pace of the game and kind of get you to feel kind of, you know, that uncomfortable feeling. That, sure. that hopefully will make you end up getting better and better and better at the game. You're not wrong, but I think I'm just going to leave it to just watching, <laughs> watching, watching people who are good cypher mains. You know what I'm saying? Like, like for me that, like, for example, vice cloud nine, he played uh cypher. He kind of broke the mode. He went like 24 and four during that match. Yeah, that against together. Insane, we are terrific. Dude, so sick. with that being said, I'm going to watch players like that. I think for me, I'm just going to continue to play the aggro. Hey, you know, when it comes to value, that's how I relax. When I go to play, I just want to have a good time. And uh, get a way, lot though, of kills and get a lot. of Hey, kills. look, you're always bottom fragging. And, and that's the hey, price you pay. It's... That's the price you pay. <laughs> I just want to say, by the way, hey, Troy, it's been a fantastic episode. I think we covered quite a bit. Episode 10 feels good. We couldn't have done it without you guys. As Troy said during, of course, the ask the agent section, please make sure if you like this content, if you listen this long, go ahead and leave a comment and a rating on iTunes as well as Podbean. We love hearing from you. We would love to feature you in the next episode. And every time you leave a rating or review, it helps us out so much. Yeah, absolutely, guys. We do appreciate it. We hope that you guys will continue to listen, enjoy. Like I said, send your feedback to us. Make sure you're following us at Valorant Show on Twitter. Make sure you're following Taylor Reflections, myself, Too Loud TX. And until next time, guys, Taylor, take us out of here. Until next time, episode 10 is done. Episode 11 will be coming your way next week, and I hope to see all you agents there. Don't forget about it. We'll see you later. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.